How many of you want peace in the Middle East? People are demanding it, whether you're pro-Palestine or pro-Israel. There's the sentiment in these states and in different countries abroad, France and the UK. Hey, peace. Yay, Palestine. Yay, Israel. Stop fighting. That resonates. Of course, I feel that too. However, it lacks important context. One of the worst terrorist attacks of modern history just played out. Our towers fell on 9-11, amounting to nearly 3,000 civilians killed by Islamic terrorists. The fact still remains is Islamic terrorists did in fact do this in retribution, which should be demanded. What if the rest of the world, though, stood up and said, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. Peace between the United States and Al-Qaeda. Peace between the U.S. and Taliban or ISIS. What would, our, what would our reaction have been? Yeah, I know exactly what our reaction would be. You have like, you will have peace after we pound the terrorist into submission. I remember September of 2001. We demanded retribution. And maybe that was the just thing to do. So as we call for peace, which we would all surely like, we need to appreciate the context of what exactly happened here. We're going to talk about just wars. We're going to talk further about the Middle East. We're also going to talk about an old policy that has really been shoved by the wayside that I really want to explore, and that's we don't negotiate with terrorists. What happened to that? We don't do that anymore. We're going to talk about all that and more. This is The John Lovell Show. All right, guys, we do a shameless plug each week. This one's going to be John's Body Armor Loadout. Instead of you going out rushing and finding some cheapo option for plate carriers and armor plates, you get the wrong thing, and then you realize for all ways that you couldn't have possibly known up front, you shouldn't have done that one. You should have sprang for the buy once, cry once paradigm. You get the right thing right off the riff. It ends up being less expensive in the long run. However, armor carrier and armor plates are expensive. Buy once, cry once. Here's my body armor loadout. We're running a special on it right now. Check that out if you'd like to. Now let's get on the show. Lots to talk about. So preparing for this, I did a quick search on DuckDuckGo and say, hey, what are the worst terrorist attacks of modern history? And this is what came up. The very worst one was the United States September 11 attacks, nearly 3,000 civilians killed. When I say terrorist attack, I'm not talking about on military. It's not a war. It's military members or an extremist group target specifically civilians. Now, in modern history, the second worst that I can find, here, here's what I pulled up on World Atlas, the second worst one would be the brutal Hamas attacks on Israel's civilians, including women, the elderly, little children. Some of those are already taken as hostages. The body count is now up to 1,300 people. Now, if you took that number and you compared it to the population of Israel, which is around 9 million, and you proportionally overlaid this on the United States, where hundreds of million it would be like us losing 40-something thousand people in one day. That would be a proportionate response. That's how bad this attack is ringing in the ears and hitting the hearts of Israelis who, who were brutalized by this attack. Mark Driscoll pointed out those numbers to me. And when he put it in that context, I'm like, holy smokes, this was a really, really bad attack. So it brings me quickly to the topic of just war. Is it okay to wage war sometimes? Our culture is so backed up of like, we're calling peace when we should have war, and we're calling for war when we should have peace. 
Everything is upside down, back, backwards. We have a history of engaging in certain just wars. A just war is something, though in the immediate, it costs us a lot and it's terrible. War is awful. Uh, however, in the immediate, something worse happens so that we have a better long run. So, for instance, in the Civil War, we traded a few years of horrible, horrible bloodshed so that we could liberate a nation that uh, harbored slavery. Do you think that was a just war? Do you think that we should have done that or should we, we should have just said, no, 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 let's have peace between the North and the South and we can continue to have generations and generations of slaves ad infinitum forever. What about the long train of abuses and usurpations that happened to our original founders in our country? We say, no, 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 just let Great Britain do whatever they want, and we would have never become a nation. What if when Pearl Harbor was attacked, instead of us joining World War II to wage war with the rest of uh, Europe against the Third Reich, what if we just said, oh, no, 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 yeah, Japan, you got us, but we'll have peace. No, I'll say a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor and all the terrible stuff that was happening around the country. If we hadn't have entered then, we would have ultimately had a showdown with the Third Reich. But if we had waited till later, we wouldn't have had many allies to partner with us. Who knows how that would have gone? There is such a thing as a just war. I would submit that a war on terrorists is also a just war. And as much as we would like to have peace, you can't actually negotiate against terrorists. Now, long, long ago, when we used to read and understand history, this policy was allowed to be able to sit on a foundational understanding. In the early 1800s, our fledgling American economy, with no ships really for trade or navy, we just had a few of them constructing ships, and we'd send them across the ocean to engage in trade, and man, our economy needed it bad. The problem was is Tripoli pirates and, and pirates from Algiers, these are Islamic terrorists of sort, would patrol these waters and they would take our ships hostage. Then they would demand these huge ransoms to say, if you would like to engage in trade, you have to pay us this amount of money. It was massive. Now, for a while, we did that. We just pay ransom. It quickly outstripped all the amount of money that we could actually make through our trade. And so it, it forced us to an impasse later. What we found in negotiating with terrorists is it emboldened the terrorists, meaning of like, oh, we just charge them a bigger ransom each and every time, and we get stupid wealthy for just simply not attacking civilians. A second thing we found out is they become stronger because you're transferring all your assets to them, and you are also becoming weaker. And third thing is, is it's an insatiable appetite. Ultimately, you're still going to have an inevitable showdown. However, you're postponing a uh, horrible war for later on, and in that later on state, you will be much weaker and they will be much stronger. Therefore, you shouldn't negotiate with terrorists. You incentivize them and you empower them and equip them to do further terrorism later. Now, when you have a policy like this, you don't negotiate with terrorists. What happens is a terrorist would do something that is extremely evil and bad, and they'll say, hey, We've got these hostages. If you don't give in to our demands, we're going to kill them. First thing you do is you back up. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not the ones killing. But if we negotiate with them, we're going to put other future 
people in conflict. And so, no, 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 we're not going to give you any money. We're not going to placate you and give into your demands. We'll, we'll give you a different deal. Not only are we not sending money and giving into your demands, give them up for free right this moment, or we are going to wipe you off the face of the planet. That's how you deal with terrorists. That's the only way you can actually deal with terrorists. So I don't like the idea of me calling to Israel and saying, hey, Israel, whoa, 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 let's have peace. Just, you know, all your dead moms and sisters and all your children who have just still the, the charred remains uh, in the streets are still smoking. Forget about those. Let's just have peace. I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, th th there's an important context there. And if they want to engage in a righteous war against the terrorist group Hamas, I say rock on. I'm not getting in your way. I get it. We've done it in the past when terrorists attack us, and you want to be able uh, to remain free. The only way you can remain free and at peace as a nation is to stop the terrorist. To do nothing guarantees freedom falls, and your country will eventually fall as well. All your commerce would end up breaking down. Nobody can go to work. Nobody can walk through the streets because you might get shot or killed. Your entire country would ultimately be overrun and lost if you don't fight back terrorists. You got to do it. So no, I'm not going to tell you to have peace any more than you told us to have peace when our towers fell. I will say, though, the situation is complicated by the Israeli-Palestinian dispute. Now I have a question. So Israel and Palestinian territory, it's been divided for quite some time. You got the West Bank, you got Gaza. Uh, they're sequestered out into their own groups, and they're not playing well. Uh, but all of a sudden, it's right at the forefront. Because when folks say, have like, hey, Hamas is guilty, there's this pro-Palestinian crowd that all of a sudden doesn't hear the word Hamas anymore, and they say, down with Israel and up with Palestine. I'm like, whoa, whoa, why are we talking about Palestine? We're just, we're upset about Hamas, Hamas the terrorist organization. Why is this rhetoric flipping the script from Hamas to Palestine? Are, are they the same thing? In which case, we have a real big problem with Palestine now. Here's a simple question. Why doesn't Palestine just give up Hamas? If Palestine wants to keep their territory and not embolden a war and further dispute with Israel, who is going to get their pounds worth of flesh now? They are going to get blood. Why not just deliver Hamas over? Now, two options arise. They're the only two I can think of. One, Palestine doesn't have the actual force of arms, power, uh, government laws, military, and police that would be able to take Hamas and deliver them over. Now, if that option is true, it means it's really a fallen territory. It means the terrorists are running the, the show. You can't self-govern. You're a fallen territory, and you're in need of rescue. You must have outsiders occupy you to help you deliver. Now, whether that's Israel or any other nation that might have the charity and benevolence to come in and be able to help you eradicate your terrorists that are living in your cities, that's, that's a point for future consideration. But if you cannot eject Hamas from your area uh, because you're not able to, then you're a fallen territory in need of rescue. The second option is, is you could eject Hamas but you won't, which makes you complicit. Hamas is hiding in Palestinian territories. Therefore, Israelis have to seek out Hamas, which means Israel will have to occupy Palestine. If you don't want Israel in Palestinian territories, simply hand over Hamas. But if you are willing to protect Hamas, that makes you complicit with them. 
And now the territory expands from Israel uh, against Hamas to Israel against Palestine. And that is a really, really big problem. All of a sudden, I see people fly Palestinian flags. And I'm like, well, what's that have to do with anything? It's Hamas versus Israel unless Palestine chooses to make it Palestine against Israel. That's my question. It's more of a question than it is a statement. I am seeking to understand the current socio-political, religious context behind it all. I understand the ancient context. I feel fairly well. That's been nailed down for a few millennia. Nothing new, no curveball. It's just outcropping, and this day and age is a little unique and challenging. Let me toss you another curveball that all of us in the United States are thinking, what should US's, what should the U.S.'s involvement be with Israel and Hamas, if any? What, what do you think? I do not know what American response to this. Right now we have a show of force. Maybe we got yeah. some aid. Maybe we're not condemning them. Uh, Israeli response to the terrorist organization Hamas. There's a few things. I think before we ever commit to boots on the ground, we need to do some things at home so that we could be positioned uh to have our own house in order. Israel has a border uh, that was breached by a terrorist organization. Oh, let's make sure we have our border so we're not also uh, hit by terrorists. If, if, if we are being attacked here at home and we have our hands full, so to speak, we're not able from a position of strength, nearly as able to be able to uh, help abroad. Other note I, I learned from Israel is if the people had been better armed, if they had a Second Amendment like we did, uh, these attacks would have been greatly minimized. Imagine every household had guns. 1,300 people would not be dead. Mm-hmm. Maybe 400 would be dead. Maybe 200. Maybe 800. I have no idea. But I do know this. If all the households had guns in them, these horrible attacks uh, would have been far, far less. So— I think America should lean in and get another lesson, never, ever give up your guns. I remember this in World War II as well. Uh, Third Reich was about to push over and steamroll England. There was this mad dash for arms, but because England had disarmed the civilian populace, they didn't have enough people with guns, and they're requesting urgently that the U.S. give them whatever they send could Send whatever firearms like, yeah, you give, send give whatever pawn shop yeah. specials you've got. And we're sending old barely serviceable antiques over, and we're giving the people that because the the people weren't armed. And it's like, you don't need to be armed until all of a sudden you desperately need to be armed. What happens when sleeper cells of Hamas and any other terrorist organization start hitting the U.S. homeland? You'll wish you had guns. We'll wish we'd close the border. Yeah. We'd wish we could be as strong as we could so that if we needed to put boots on the ground somewhere else in an actual just cause and just war, we'd be able to function in a position of strength. So I don't know what we should do uh, overseas right now. I, I just don't know. But well, I do know that uh, terrorists that did this attack, they need to be uh, um, pounded into dust. Uh, that, that's what I know. Uh, and so I hope Israel finds every single one of them. And at least to um, Biden's credit, he is saying don't. For anyone thinking of taking advantage of the situation where uh, Israel is uh, down, don't. To his credit. Now, whatever that means, I'm not sure. Yeah, but. and before I give him any credit, it's kind of like credit would imply that he is doing the right thing. Well, I'm like, he may be doing something that we like in this moment, 
because they've got some ace of spades, which if like, are they tying this support in to Ukraine? Or as soon as the Biden administration, the left, I find myself aligned in any way, I'm kind of like, what's the catch? What villainy is happening here? And so I don't want to give any props because I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. But yeah. um, it is a little shocking that the Biden administration isn't immediately hoisting a, a flag of Hamas up over the Capitol and uh, spinning of like that. That's kind of the response I'd be ready for yeah. of like invite a Hamas leader over and pal around with them. That's almost what you would expect from the Biden administration. But instead, condemning Hamas and showing at least a show of support for Israel uh, took me aback. I'm like, how are they playing this uh, for a more nefarious economic and political means? Um, I don't know. That remains to be seen. But, man, I would really not like American boots uh, on the ground dying abroad anymore. N not in Ukraine, not in Israel. I want, I want to yeah. – our, our nation – is compromised and in a really bad state as we're flowing in to something that frankly looks World War III apocalyptic. We need to button down the hatches and figure out how to become a unified nation again because we will absolutely need uh, to be strong in the days ahead. And right now, we are weak, weak, weak uh, um, from moral decay, for being ununified, and that is not good. All right. Let us move on. What have you got today? Is it Hot Topics with Ben? You know, before we do, let us say goodbye to the podcast. Guys, listening in online, thanks so much for tuning in. We got all kinds of stuff. I already peeked ahead at some of the questions Ben's going to ask. Um, and uh, one of my responses is extremely heavy. Uh, it, it's a good thing, but man, um, I feel this one. Uh, anyway, guys, if y'all would support us, you get the rest of the show and all the network content of all our training classes, all of our other shows. Appreciate the support. You sign up at watchwpsn.com. That's watchwpsn.com. After you sign up, you're able to download the app on whatever technology you would like and uh, support us, and you will be all the better for it. Thanks, guys, for listening in. We'll see you next week.